Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. On this uh, beautiful Monday morning, praise be to God, June 27, 2022, in the month dedicated to the most sacred heart of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, praise be to God. Here's a question, what were you doing when the historic decision was handed down, overturning Roe v. Wade, sending the issue back to the states, allowing us to begin to fight the battle? I mean, praise be to God, right? What were you doing at the time? Have you made a note so that you can remember this this historic moment? Well, I'm curious. What were you doing? I'd love to talk to you about that today on the program, especially if you can join us for the second half of the second hour of Catholic Drive Time where we do our after show. I would love to interact directly with you, and that would be the time to do that. So you can always hang out with us on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt, or you could, uh, you know, Go to one of the live video feeds as well. Again, all linked up at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. We're going to have uh, Brent Haynes, attorney and political analyst, high court analyst for the show. He's going to be on at 15 past the hour. Dr. Paul Kengor, poli sci professor. He's going to be on at the top of the next hour if you can join us then. Also in this hour is Matthew Cole. He's supposed to be joining us to talk about his book, Code Over Country. You know, it's uh, a national brand, the Navy SEAL community. Well, there is a little bit of chink in the armor, so to speak, because they've had some war crimes and some subculture issues, and his book details all of that, and we should cover that in this hour. So it's going to be a great hour, jam-packed. The Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas wrote Friday that the high court should reconsider rulings on contraception and same-sex relationships. That's interesting. We'll cover a little bit of that in this hour. Pro-abortion women are calling for a nationwide sex strike in relation, uh, in retaliation rather, against men for the overturning of Roe v. Wade in the Supreme Court landmark decision on Friday. And to, just to be clear, this show is fully in favor and supports it completely. Uh, Pink, <laughs> Pink, Pink wants you to stop listening to her music right away. I can do that. Done. I can't. Check the box. I can't, I can't do that because I never started. <laughs> Check the box. That's easy. Get, we're knocking them out of the park today, <laughs> praise be to God. Uh, but there were there was some violence and some uh, chaos uh, in America over the weekend. Of course, there was a pregnancy center in Colorado that was attacked, a massive highway protest in L.A. where it is still completely legal to have abortions. Go figure. Uh, protesters attempted to storm the Capitol in Arizona and disrupt a Senate session. I think they call that insurrection. I, I can't remember. At any rate, a young oh, woman was democracy. a young woman was attacked by Antifa in Seattle and pepper sprayed after being tackled to the ground. Homeland Security is warning of attacks on churches and clinics as well. And then of course some really horrible news. Two Catholic priests were murdered in Nigeria over the weekend by Fulani Muslims. Let us pray for the repose of their soul. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Dang, it's hard to follow that. Yeah. Other than that, that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? <laughs> hey, good news, bad news. Okay, uh, it's a really good day. Let's start with the good news. The good news is I got to go to Porto's. Oh, man. Your beloved Porto's. Porto's. Yeah. If you know what Porto's is, it's a... Uh, 
It's a small bakery, Cuban bakery, actually. It, uh, it out, was it was it, kind of an event. Yeah, I mean, it's there's a waiting line outside. Yep. Like a, a, a huge waiting line. Then you go in and they assign a queue line to you. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. then you have to wait even more inside after waiting outside. Sounds about right. Okay. <laughs> then they, and then the verdict have, is? It was really tasty food. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. It's good. It was super tasty. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, the, I, yeah. So, would you bring me back? Uh, uh-huh. Sure. Uh, so the bad, the bad news is, getting to the bad news, I didn't bring anything back. Dang it. I ate it all, oh. unfortunately. Well, actually, fortunately, because it was tasty. <laughs> but, you know, the really cool news is, guess who I ran into? Who? Uh, although he didn't know I ran into him, but uh, Frater Giovanni. Oh, how is Frater Giovanni? Well, I wouldn't know. I didn't get a chance to talk to him. Oh, but I did see him, you know, doing the matins, uh, chanting with his br- uh, fellow Fraters. Oh, that's cool. Is that the proper way of saying that? His fellow popes? His fellow mini popes? <laughs> mini popes. Yeah. And is singing the divine office. Yes, exactly. Sitting in choir. Yeah, praise be to God. That sounds heavenly. Their monastery is quite lovely. Mm. It is epic in scope and size, and set beautifully in the hills there in Southern California, and uh, really nice, beautiful place. I didn't want to leave. It was so great, Um, (laughs) but I had to come home. So there you go. Praise be to God. It was an enjoyable trip to. To California, I did get to see the old hangars that I used to hang out in as a Marine. Uh, that was a really cool sight, and I got to see some friends that I hadn't seen since 2020. So, overall, incredible trip. So, praise be to God for that. All right, uh, we are going to jump in. We have a lot to cover today, so uh, hopefully you'll be able to join us for all or part of it and uh, share us with a friend along the way. Let's pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most sweet Jesus, that no one who has had recourse to thy sacred heart, implored its help, or sought its mercy was ever abandoned. Encouraged with confidence, O tenderest of hearts, we present ourselves before thee crushed beneath the weight of our sins. In our misery, O sacred heart of Jesus, despise not our simple prayers, but mercifully grant our requests. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Monday, June 27th, and here are your headlines this morning. This one's from the Epic Times. White House clarifies Biden's stance on adding justices to Supreme Court. White House Press Secretary Jean-Pierre said, I've been asked about it before, and I think the president himself, about expanding the court. That is something that the president does not agree with. That is not something he wants to do, unquote. Several Democrat senators say that the number of high court justices should be expanded. Critics of the move have said that it would allow Democrats to place additional justices on the bench to sway further rulings in their favor and destroys the integrity of the institution. Breitbart reports pro-abortion rioters attempt to storm Arizona Capitol while in session. Pro-abortion rioters attempted to storm the Arizona Capitol building in Phoenix while Senate was in session. After the Senate went into recess without concluding its business, the Arizona Department of Public Safety announced that tear gas had been successfully deployed and protesters had moved on to vandalize monuments at Wesley Bullen Plaza. The riot outside of the Arizona Capitol building was among many protests throughout the nation after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on Friday. Protests occurred in Seattle, Washington, D.C., Los Angeles, Tucson, New York City, Reno of all places, and Dallas. Reuters reports Putin promises Belarus nuclear-capable missiles to counter aggressive West. Russian President Vladimir Putin on Saturday told his counterpart from Belarus that Moscow would supply Minsk with missile systems capable of carrying nuclear weapons, the Russian Foreign Ministry said. At a meeting with Putin in St. Petersburg, 
Russian, uh, excuse me, Belarus President Alexander Lukashenko expressed concern about the aggressive and confrontational, confrontational repulsive policies of its neighbors Lithuania and Poland. In the past week, Lithuania in particular has infuriated Russia by blocking the transit of goods subject to European sanctions traveling across its territory from Russia through Belarus to Russia's Baltic enclave of Kaliningrad. And LifeSite reports Justice Thomas says SCOTUS should revisit rulings on same-sex marriage, sodomy, and contraception. Justice Clarence Thomas wrote a concurring opinion in the Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization case that reversed Roe v. Wade. In it, Justice Thomas agreed that Roe should be reversed and argued that the Supreme Court of the United States should next revisit other substantive due process cases. He specifically mentioned Lawrence v. Texas, which struck down laws against sodomy, Griswold v. Connecticut, which struck down laws against married couples using contraception, and Obergefell v. Hodges, which declared a right to so-called same-sex marriage. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is St. Cyril of Alexandria. Born in 378, the... Franciscan media puts out, most, most of what is known of Amphimbalus's life is derived from hagiographic text centered on Albin. And one, one second, that is the uh, last week's uh, state of the day. Not sure why they didn't get updated. Let's see if I can pull that up real quickly and correct that the moment. Let's see. Saints are not born. There we go. Cyril, recognized as a great teacher of the church, began his career as Archbishop of Alexandria in Egypt. With impulsive, often violent actions, he pillaged and closed the churches of Novatian heretics, who required those who denied the faith to be rebaptized. He participated in deposing St. John Chrysostom and confiscated Jewish property, expelling the Jews from Alexandria in retaliation for their attacks on Christians. Cyril's importance for theology and church history lies in his championing of the causes of orthodoxy against the heresy of Nestorius, who taught that in Christ there were two persons, one human and one divine. The controversy centered around the two natures in Christ. Nestorius would not agree in the title God-bearer or Theotokos for the Blessed Virgin Mary. He preferred Christ-bearer, saying that there are two distinct persons in Christ divine and human, joined only by a moral union. He said Mary was not the mother of God, but only the man Christ, whose humanity was only a temple of God. Nestorianism implied that the humanity of Christ was a mere disguise. Presiding at the Pope's representative at the Council of Ephesus in 431, Cyril condemned Nestorianism and proclaimed Mary truly the God-bearer, the mother of the one person who is truly God and truly man. In the confusion that followed, Cyril was deposed and imprisoned for three months, after which he was welcomed back to Alexandria. Besides needing to soften some of his opposition and those who sided with Nestorius, Cyril had difficulties with some of his own allies, who thought he had gone too far, sacrificing not only language but orthodoxy. Until his death, his policy of moderation kept his extreme partisans under control. On his deathbed, despite pressure, he refused to condemn the teacher of Nestorius, of Nestorians, Nestorius. Yes, so we decided upon the idea that Christ is both God and man, with a human nature, divine nature, but only one person, the divine person, the Son of God. 
And that is the saint of the day, St. Cyril of Alexandria. Pray for us. Good save, Adrian. Good save. There you go, folks. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 8, verses 18 through 22. When Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other shore. A scribe approached and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus answered him, Foxes have dens and birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head. And another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. But Jesus answered him, Follow me and let the dead bury their dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Saint Jerome would say, the scribe of the law who knew, but the perishing letter, would not have been turned away had his address been, Lord, I will follow thee, but because he esteemed the Savior as one of many masters, and was a man of the letter, not a spiritual hearer, therefore he had no place where Jesus might lay his head. It is suggested to us that he sought to follow the Lord because of his great miracles for the sake of the gain to be derived from them, and was therefore rejected, seeking the same thing as did Simon Magus, who would have been, who had given Peter money, close quote, St. Jerome. Ignatius Catholic Commentary points out, allegiance to Jesus must outweigh even family commitments. This is sort of a, uh, a tie back, an allusion back to Elijah. You know, remember when Elijah met Elisha, you know, and Elisha, you know, was going to go back and bury his, his parents, that kind of thing. Well, that's very interesting and all. But Gregory points out, by the foxes then are meant the subtle and deceitful demons, by the birds, the proud demons. As though he had said, deceitful and proud demons have their abode in your heart. But my lowliness finds no rest in a proud spirit. Let that sink in for a second. How do we approach the Lord? Is he our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ? He is, is he the God-man, the divine person, the second person of the Holy Trinity? Or is he just one of many great masters or teachers or prophets in the world today? And how we approach him, how we embrace him, and how we hold them in our heart makes a difference, as St. Gregory was trying to point out. St. Chrysostom would say, This saying does not condemn natural affection to our parents, but shows that nothing ought to be more binding on us than the business of heaven. That to this we ought to apply ourselves with all, in all, all our endeavors, and not to be slack, however necessary or urgent, are the things that draw us aside. In other words, heaven is the most important goal of your day today. No other relationship should mean as much. We'll be right back. Good morning, Rick. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. If there's one thing atheists and theists can agree on, it's the fact that we've all felt the problem of God's hiddenness and have cried out, where are you, God? The difference, however, is atheists think this is a reason to reject God and theists don't. 
Why? Well, first, God is not entirely hidden. Sure, we can't know He exists by seeing or touching Him, but we can know He exists through logic and reason. There's also good reason to believe God has revealed Himself through Jesus of Nazareth. If Jesus is raised from the dead, then everything He said is true. Second, God's in-your-face presence wouldn't necessarily make things better. Even on the natural level, we don't like overbearing parents. Why would we want God to be that way? So while God's partial hiddenness is a mystery, it's not a good reason to embrace atheism. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. I'd love to know, do you, are you a Pink fan? Have you ever listened to Pink music? Have you ever... Are, are you going to regret giving up Pink music because she demands that we do How so? How do you listen to a caller? <laughs> <laughs> so far... You ever I'm heard t- of synesthesia? Taking a little straw poll online. And uh, yeah, and apparently most people never listen to it anyway. So it's really easy, uh, you know, to comply to her request to give up her music in light of Roe v. Wade. Hey, speaking of Roe v. Wade, uh, Brent Haynes is our guest. Praise be to God. Uh, Attorney, Catholic speaker, political analyst, our personal high court analyst. Good morning to you, Brent Haynes. Hey, good morning, Joe. Good morning to everybody in this post-Roe America. Yeah, praise be to God. Uh, By the way, uh, were you a big Pink fan? Have you ever listened to Pink's music? (laughs) I'm afraid, Joe, I'm, I'm a little too busy to uh, keep up with everything. <laughs> well, she's demanding we give up her music, uh, be- us pro-lifers, because, uh, you know, she's angry about Roe v. Wade being overturned. So, What about Blue? Are you a fan of Blue? Yeah. Uh, like the, the Blue Man Group kind of thing? <laughs> they probably also want us to give up their music. <laughs> At any rate, hey, let me, here's, the, here's a real question for you, Brent. On, on Friday when, this, when the historic decision came down, where were you? What were you doing? I uh, got the news. I, I got the news pretty quickly. I was actually driving to a legal seminar. Oh, where? Um, oh, really? I just happened to. Yeah, I, I, unfortunately, I wasn't able to keep an eye on the news because they actually released it while I was in the car and trying to park and get to my legal seminar. But I got the, you know, I, I got the text pretty quickly from somebody, um, and then of course I alerted some other people immediately. I was asleep when the decision <laughs> came down. I, I was taking a nap after having... I was in California, so I was up early for the show, and then after the show, I took a nap to recover, and then I woke up to the whole world being on fire. Could you not wait one hour? I guess you? not. I guess <laughs> not. It is a pretty historic decision, even though in I think in most ways I would say the battle is just beginning for the pro-life cause, because now we have to fight them at the at the state level, but it's like... We can finally begin that battle now. What would you say, Brent Haynes? Well, you know, battle is an apt choice uh, in many ways, Joe, because um, the people who support abortion and many of the other really progressive causes in the country um, refuse to engage in a civil dialogue. You know, uh, Cardinal Supich of Chicago said, you know, he welcomes the opportunity for a national conversation on abortion. Uh, but the, the abortion advocates generally refuse to engage civilly. They, they engage in name-calling and sloganeering. Uh, they call for ignoring the law. 
and worst of all, in viol- you know, violence, um, we've we've already uh, seen the attacks on certain pregnancy centers around the country, um, vi- um, vandalism of churches with you know paint, you know, paint and painted slogans uh, on churches and pregnancy centers. We've seen uh, the slogan, "If abortion isn't safe, you aren't either." Right. Um, and unfortunately, you know, this isn't surprising. This this uh, goes back to uh, not just uh, anonymous pro-abortion advocates, but to prominent political leaders in this country. Many listeners will remember that uh, Senator Schumer stood out on the court, the steps of the Supreme Court, after Brett Kavanaugh was. Uh, nominated and confirmed and you know he said I want to tell you Gorsuch I want to tell you Kavanaugh you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price you won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions well now we've seen not just the demonstrations of the Supreme Court justices Holmes but the arrest of a man for attempted murder of Brett Kavanaugh but and we've seen uh, real killings by the political, you know, by, by uh, people who oppose uh, those of us who support, you know, life and and other more traditionally uh, socially conservative positions. In 2017, a gunman went to the baseball field where Republican congressmen were practicing baseball. People forget these things. That was five years ago. Yeah. He fired 60 shots and nearly killed Congressman Steve Scalise. Uh, in 2012, a gunman went to the Family Research Council, an evangelical Christian organization that's fairly prominent, um, and in, he went to their office in Washington, D.C. Uh, to attempt to kill people and said he did so because the Southern Poverty uh, Law Center had put the FRC on a hate list mm. simply because of their support for traditional family values. Um, Maxine Waters, a congresswoman, came out after the decision overturning Roe v. Wade and said, we will defy the Supreme Court. So, uh, Supich is, uh, you know, Cardinal Supich is right. We need to have a civil debate. We should be able to discuss civilly with those who advocate for abortion uh, the facts of the issue. We should be able to use uh, civility and logic and reason and, and discuss issues. Mm. I became pro-life not out of some religious dogma, but out of the pure science of the matter. But it's hard to engage with people who simply engage in name-calling and violence. Right, right. Um, in fact, they're calling for uh, you know a total blockade of sexual relations with uh, pro-lifers, which I am in total favor of, by the way. I support that completely. <laughs> I got a lot of hate for tweeting out purity is the answer. Right. And you were like, ah! Yeah. I was like, um, yikes, dude. <laughs> Thanks for proving the point. <laughs> well, let me ask you this real quick here. Uh, did the, the 6-3 decision, Roberts joining, did, was that surprising? Uh, somewhat, not entirely. He joined in the decision. He did not join in the judgment or, or joining the opinion. So... What that means is he agreed that the law in Minnesota, the law in Mississippi should be upheld, but he did not join the other five justices in saying that Roe versus Wade should be overturned. <laughs> so he was still looking to the very end. He's still looking for some middle ground, which really the parties themselves told him did not exist. 
you know, once you give up on uh, limiting the states from regulating abortion at viability, you know, as the parties themselves told the Supreme Court, uh, that means the states can limit abortion uh, at, at any point. Um, but so Roberts, uh, he really showed that he really showed that uh, um, he, he's not he's not a stalwart conservative, and hopefully people will stop referring to the Supreme Court as having a six to three majority, which is something that you know has been a pet peeve of mine for a few years now. It's really a five three one court. Roberts is clearly a moderate conservative. I mean, he's a moderate conservative leanings. He is not a, a reliable conservative the way the other conservative justices are. You know, uh, Brett, before we run out of time here, we only have about mm, less than five minutes left in our conversation. Um, the What I keep seeing over and over again is people talking about substantive due process and why this is all these cases are going to be coming up about substantive due process but from a theoretical perspective i don't even know what that word means i don't know what we're talking about whenever people say substantive due process so i don't even know where to begin the conversation could you please explain to me what does that mean and why is that significant well you're in good company because you're in good company with all of those first year and second year law students <laughs> <laughs> well the key to the contradiction, because it's really a, a contradiction in terms, is think of the word process. Process comes from the phrase in the 14th Amendment, the due process clause. And the idea is that you know, life, liberty, property cannot be denied an American citizen unless the government unless they have due process. Well, that means, in literal terms, unless there is a fair process or a fair procedure. But it doesn't guarantee anything in terms of results. It, under that theory, you know, the government could do anything to us as long as they're fair in the way they go about it, right? Substantive due process means, well, we're going to have a fair process, but you have to guarantee certain results. You're going to look not just at the procedure, for determining whether the government is violating uh, citizens of their rights, you're going to look at the actual result. And in Roe v. Wade, what they did was they said, well, the, well we're going to look at the result, and the result is you've got to allow abortion. Um, and the, some of the most fundamental decisions in the country have been handed down this way, you know, Obergefell being, you know, another one. Um, so it's difficult because what really happens is the court ends up acting like a super legislature. Uh, this is why Ruth Bader Ginsburg criticized Roe in the beginning and said the problem was it stopped the political process that was being worked out in the country, especially in the individual state legislatures. It just cut it short. It didn't allow the people to work out their political activity, their political passions, and engage in, in the, the, their normal political procedures, and instead uh, people resort to the courts. Uh, the Supreme Court ultimately acts as a super legislature when it makes a substantive due process decision because it's getting, in, it's getting beyond the procedure, it's getting into the actual substance of it. Now, this does not mean that there aren't certain rights that were guaranteed by the Constitution. We have rights enumerated in the Bill of Rights. So when the Supreme Court decides a substantive due process case, 
there are theories by which they decide how broadly or how narrow, narrowly to look at the particular issue to decide whether to, uh, it, to, to decide whether or not to say that a particular right is a right because it's substantive, such as abortion. And obviously, people who want to have abortion want to have, want to have a right to privacy and want to have the enumer the uh, penumbras. Um, they want a very broad, broad exercise of that power. Uh, generally, the court in its history has said in in the Dobbs decision looks to the uh, rights that are consistent with our national history and our traditions, and that are necessary for ordered mm. liberty. Down to just about a minute and a half now with Brent Haynes. Uh, let's talk about court stacking super quick here. Uh, apparently, President Joe Biden is not in favor of stacking the court. At least that's, you know, the statement that's come out uh, from his press secretary over the weekend. But uh, many on the left are. What say you, Brent Haynes? Well, we saw this coming, and um, I believe you and I talked about this on the radio before at some point, Joe. Or I've spoken with somebody about it somewhere. Uh, this is the number one issue for uh, people who oppose us not only on abortion but on other family-related issues. Um, they're going to use this as their wedge issue uh, and use it as an example of why the they're going to claim that the Supreme Court is old, it's out of date. Most of all, they're going to claim it's extremist. So look for uh, political activists on the other side to use this as an issue to show why the Supreme Court should be expanded. And they'll probably they'll use the word reformed. You know, they'll, they'll say it should be reformed or restored, but really they'll, they'll just say it should be reformed to be brought back in, in line with uh, you know, the average Americans and regular Americans in this country. Uh, and that's a real threat. All right. There is no limit in the U.S. Constitution for the number of justices. Yeah, let's, let's pray that does not happen. But uh, Attorney Brentane's Catholic Speaker, thank you for your time today. Look forward to having you back soon. We're going to have Dr. Paul Kingor at the top of the next hour continue that conversation. But Matthew Cole and the Navy SEALs are coming up next. There will come a day when each of us will be asked to review the movie of our life and give an account to God. We will sorrowfully relive the bad times and joyfully revisit the good. Thankfully, no matter what you've done, there is hope. Since Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. So if you've been away from church for a while, we invite you to come home and find the peace that only comes from God. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. How many times have you heard someone talk about how important it is to be progressive? Have you ever asked them what they mean by that? G.K. Chesterton says, Progress is a useless word, for progress takes for granted an already defined direction, and it's exactly about the direction that we disagree. We can't have progress until we've stated what our goal is, and then we can determine whether or not we're moving closer to it or farther from it. The real question is not whether we are progressive, but what is our goal? My goal is to get to heaven and to help others get there too. What's yours? Want Chesterton for more than a minute? Visit our website at chesterton.org. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired, and now more headlines. The Daily Wire reports U.S. Army soldier pleads guilty 
to planning jihadi attack on his own unit. U.S. Army Private Ethan Melzer coordinated with members of a group, Order of Nine Angles, a U.K. group with neo-Nazi and satanic beliefs, to attack his own unit, the Department of Justice said on Friday in a press release. Melzer has been a member of the group since at least 2017. Federal authorities tracked and arrested Melzer in part because of information passed through one Joshua Caleb Sutter, a reported Satanist and propagandist for the Order of Nine Angles, who has worked as a paid informant for the FBI since 2004. The Epic Times reports Russian forces fire missiles on Ukraine from Belarus. At about 5 a.m. on June 25th, 20 rockets targeted the village of Desna in the northern Cherniv region of Ukraine, according to the country's northern military command. The bombardment damaged infrastructure and no casualties had been reported. Rockets were fired from the ground and air. After taking off from Russian air base, six bombers fired 12 cruise missiles from Petrikov, Belarus. The Russian forces hit uh, targets in Kiev and Sumy regions as well. This is the first time since the invasion that the attack has come from Belarusian territory. The Epic Times also reports FBI raids home of retired Texas couple who attended January 6th Capitol rally. A retired Texas couple says FBI agents broke through the gate of their rural home and threw flashbang grenades, handcuffed them, and trained lasers on them before searching their home for evidence connected to the January 6, 2021 breach of the Capitol. There was a drone flying around and an aircraft, she said. They never showed a warrant until the end. I vacillate between feeling mad and helpless, Daryl Kenmer's wife said. I was really sad. We just wanted an honest election. They're corrupt and they're trying to scare us, Kenmer said, adding that he feels the FBI targeted him just for being at the rally. Breitbart reports teen starts business to help with legal fees so stepfather can adopt him. A 14-year-old in Casey, South Carolina, started a lawn care business to help cover costs so his stepfather can adopt him and make their family official. Ty Spender has always known and loved his stepfather, Eric Jenkins. After his mother married Eric, they spoke about adopting Tice and his brother, hiring a lawyer who planned to work pro bono. However, additional legal fees uh, would cost them thousands of dollars. Tice decided to help with the costs, so in May his mother bought him a lawnmower, and the young man went to uh, work and advertised for Tice Company Lawn Care Service. So far, he's cared for approximately 16 yards, and Tice prefers to negotiate with his customers when it comes to his fees. He has since earned $400. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. You know, I had an opportunity to see flying into uh, John Wayne Airport. Great name, by the way. Uh, the big, huge airship hangars in Tustin, California that I served at when I was a part of the Marine Corps. And back in those days, there was a book by a man by the name of Dick Marchinko. Uh, called Rogue Warrior, and a uh, roommate had it, and I consumed it. Uh, I just voraciously uh, consumed it, and I began to read all of Dick Marchinko's books. And, you know, the, the brand of the Navy SEALs had not yet bloomed because we hadn't gone to war yet in Afghanistan and Iraq. And since then, that brand is huge. But there is a bit of a chink in the armor, and Matthew Cole, a journalist, has uh, published a book called uh, Code Over Country, and uh, it is really, I think it's gritty, but it's super important, I think, to read because it brings balance and perspective to war and the warriors we send to fight those wars. And joining us now to discuss that is Matthew Cole. Good morning to you, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me this morning. We really appreciate you being on today. You know, and as I was just saying, you know, I had, uh, I had this, I had a fascination with the Navy SEALs for a very long time as a, as a, as, you know, 
reading Dick Marchenko's books, and I know you've had some very interesting, to say the least, conversations with Dick Marchenko prior to his death, but to, let's talk about the book, Code Over Country. Uh, what is this book? Why did you write it? Well, I had been working for a couple of years as an investigative reporter uh, for The Intercept and, and looking into um, allegations from, from sources about war crimes committed by uh, members of SEAL Team 6 um, in uh, battlefields in Iraq and Afghanistan during the height of the wars there. And um, over time, there was a real picture that emerged from my sources inside the SEAL Team 6 community and the Navy SEAL community, which was there had been... Um, a lot of abuses and, uh, you know, criminality that had been covered up and uh, sort of uh, looked looked uh, looked past, um, and that it was, you know, essentially a series of failure of leadership, failures of leadership at SEAL Team Six, which which became, especially after the, the uh, raid in Pakistan that killed Osama bin Laden, um, you know, the the most well known. American military unit and certainly one of the most popular. And I was struck by this idea that there was, here was this publicly, they were praised and um, they, you know, members of the unit have written book, all sorts of books and tell-alls um, and as started with Dick Marcinko. Um, and yet that what the public didn't know was that there was a much darker side, which is not surprising given the nature of their job. Um, but that there was uh, there were real problems at the unit that had long lasting effects um, on the on the men who were in that unit, and I thought that that really was a, a public interest story then. And so I sort of um, you know I just began reporting and, and looking into um, the history of the unit. You know, for those that don't know, uh, Richard Marcinko was the founder or one of the founders of SEAL Team Six, and this was at a time where Delta Force already existed. And the Navy was looking for their own anti-terrorism tier one unit. But he he was a he was a rogue to say the least. A Vietnam veteran, he recruited all of his own buddies to be a part of this initial program, and uh, the moral compass was almost non-existent in many ways. Um, and which I think brings up a lot of troubling issues. And and to be honest with you, Matthew, I saw listening to some of your interviews. Uh, about your book. I haven't had the chance yet to read your book. I do intend to do so. Uh, and then listening to some of the uh, sort of the special forces operators uh, talk about your book and the story and the implications. You know, I am reminded of that story of those Marines that were videotaped by their own uh, platoon leadership urinating on the bodies of dead Talibanis. And I remember how shocking that was that, you know, and the thought of, well, we may be called to go to war. We may have to fight. We may have to even kill. But does that mean we act like utter pagans and and uh, and rogues? I mean, this is. It seems like we have lost our soul in the process. How would you see that? Well, I think you know. Let, let's give this some historical context and perspective. <clears throat> War is a really horrific event for anyone who participates, regardless of of your viewpoints of its, necess its uh, necessity. You know, war, people do, men do in particular, um, can do some really awful things. And it, 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 provi it provides an opportunity when you're killing other human beings um, to engage in behavior uh, that you wouldn't obviously normally uh, do so. And that's something that the state asks you, asks you to do. The country, uh, you know, you, you're putting on the uniform, you, you have a patch with the flag on it, and you are following orders 
um, and you know, as people often say, defending defending freedom. But they're they're serving um, the U.S. government and the U.S. people, um, and in that becomes an opportunity where you have something where those the, the incident with the Marines that you're describing, where you have a bunch of young kids, young Marines, who uh, you know, in the giddiness, uh, do something very poorly thought out. Um, and because it was filmed in particular, it becomes a real stain um, on U.S. forces um, in that place. SEAL Team 6 is a, is a different kind of unit, right? It's the most, uh, it's the most elite, it's the most uh, disciplined. Um, and yet within their, uh, within their confines, they were conducting uh, events and, and incidents not unlike what we saw with the Marines, and that I think becomes more troubling, right? So um, overall, I think uh, you know, U.S. servicemen have acted, um, you know, fairly well. If you if you think back historically, um, you know how uh, fewer there, there are many fewer situations. You know, we know about Abu Ghraib. Um, there were some some very rough situations and, and and disgraceful situations in the war in Afghanistan and Iraq, but they actually were. Um, many fewer than we would have normally seen in previous wars, um, that U.S. wars, wars that U.S. has fought in, you know, Vietnam War, the Korean War, uh, World War One, or World War Two, um, and yet from the most elite unit, you had, um, war, you know, war crimes. Now, not all SEALs or all members of SEAL Team Six were were war criminals by any stretch of the imagination. The real issue was was that it was kind of like a small virus mm. um, that continued to spread and was never treated. And I think the the what people tend to forget is in outside of the shock value of what may have occurred on the battlefield, it is a often we know this um, from history a psychological wound that will will come back with that American soldier with that Navy SEAL, and it will affect not just them. But their families too, um, and that's a very much a silent wound that does not get talked about. And unless these things are are exposed, and I don't necessarily mean with criminal trials or anything like that, but exposed through journalism, for instance, um, those wounds are silent and they they eat away at people. Um, and that's the moral injury that comes with you know war that we often don't talk about in the public. You know, and I like the the fact that you you just illustrated that this is not indicative of the entire special operations or SEAL community, um, but it is a a small uh, amount, and but it is a very serious one. And that we're up against a break here, and uh, so I don't want to I want to get in after the break about the actual some of the actual incidents that occurred, war crimes that were committed. But uh, I think the the overall topic gives us pause. We send men to do. A seemingly impossible, difficult, challenging task, not only physically, but emotionally and psychologically. And we must uh, pay attention to the fallout of that and, and care for them for sure. So we're going to get into more of that. And I also want to talk about the parallels between that and the uh, sex abuse scandal in the church. I think that is also important. All of that coming up next. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Is the Bible sufficient to answer all questions on Christian living and church life? Well, the answer is definitely no. There isn't agreement on scores of doctrines such as the effects of baptism, who can receive communion, once saved, always saved, abortion, or how about eligibility for marriage after divorce? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Fruit analysis. Luther, Calvin, and Zwingli, who are all the fathers of non-Catholic 
Christianity did not rid unbiblical practices they despised, but instead turned out to be the progenitors of some 50 denominations and scores of divergent beliefs. Secondly, natural reason. Well, if the Bible alone is supposed to clarify all beliefs, the very fact that such divisions prevails is actually proof that an arbiter of doctrine is desperately needed. Thirdly, the golden twins, sacred scripture and sacred tradition will always prevail as the foundation of all Christian truth, beliefs, and doctrines. Instead of fighting the crowd, isn't it so much easier to hop online and do your shopping in the comfort of your own home? Did you know that you can help the Guadalupe Radio Network when you shop online? All you need to do is shop on Amazon Smile and 0.5% of your purchase goes to the GRN. Just go to AmazonSmile.com and select La Promesa Foundation as your nonprofit of choice. La Promesa is the parent company of Guadalupe Radio. It's that simple to give a little extra help to the Guadalupe Radio Network. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Matthew Cole is our guest. He has a book called Code Over Country, The Tragedy, Corruption of Steel Team 6, uh, which documents war crimes and other major problems of a small minority of operators within the community. You can find that book, obviously, on Amazon or bookstores. The Code Over Country is the name of it. But uh, welcome back to the show, Matthew. Um, can you, I mean, we have to be somewhat, you know, careful. I don't want to get too graphic here about some of the crimes that were committed, but can you give us a description of some of the crimes that you've documented in the book? Sure. And, um, yeah, I, it's not, people are still, uh, still waking up, like, um, and I don't want to be too graphic, but overall, <laughs> um, what I would say is that, uh, SEAL Team 6 and then parts of SEAL Team 6, um, consistently after 9-11, um, there was a, 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 a tendency to essentially desecrate the dead um, in mm. Afghanistan and Iraq as part of some of it was uh, psychological warfare. Some of it was um, just uh, being uh, aggressive and some of it was, um, you know, a lack of uh, morality and certainly ethics. And, and there was um, within the unit, um, each, each unit had uh, each, small unit um, squadron had, you know, a particular kind of desecration that they uh, would commit. And it's not, again, within context, it's not the whole unit. It's not the whole squadron. Um, it would be small groups of, of, of SEALs, um, and it would be kind of like a virus. Uh, but on each deployment, there was a, uh, you know, there was essentially uh, for some of the men and for some of the officers, it would be, uh, a way of letting the enemy know that SEAL Team 6 had been there. Um, and it culminated with uh, essentially um, that happening with um, Osama bin Laden um, and a, a type of, uh, uh, you know, desecration that is non, non – it's a situation in which um, <laughs> it's not required uh, to shoot someone, but you may shoot someone in a way that uh, – Leaves your leaves calling card. Whoever, Yes, leaves a calling card or a way for whomever is picking up um, and, and recovering the body to know um, that that SEAL Team Six had been there. I mean, at least in in their mind, in SEAL Team Six's mind. Um, and you know, it's it's a uh, you can imagine that even under the best of circumstances, that would lead to um, all sorts of problems, and mm. it's certainly a a lack of discipline. Um, in some cases, it is a war crime and 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 criminal. 
Um, and again, you know, you, you brought up before the break of that the comparisons to the the some of the church um, scandals, sex abuse scandals in the church, and actually, you know, um, more than one of my SEAL Team Six sources referred to um, this secret, essentially, that the SEAL Team Six community had um, during the wars as being very much like the Jerry Sandusky scandal at Penn State, the sex, the sex abuse scandal at, at Penn State, um, uh, because it was the same thing in the sense that it was a group of, of men who had this dark secret about things that they were doing um, when no one was looking. And it, you know, it cast a pall over the rest of the unit um, because it gets at the integrity um, and the sort of moral corruption of, you know, a, what would otherwise be a bunch of very good men who are who are dedicated to, you know, uh, service and, and patriotism. And um, that is a very troubling picture, right? It's essentially the opposite of what you imagine when you imagine America's most, um, you know, most famous and, and um, exalted military yeah. unit. Yeah, and I, I guess this is why President Obama didn't want to display pictures of the uh, dead body of Osama bin Laden at the time because they had uh, um, there's a term I'm going to throw it out there but I'm not going to describe it canoed uh, 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 Osama bin Laden but also I guess tomahawks are a commonplace within the community as well they, they have become so yes and um, you know they the they, they showed up on the battlefield in 2004 2005 roughly um, a special kind of tomahawk um, or, or hatchet, and they didn't have, um, they certainly had no military application. I mean, they, they had no reason to be on the battlefield. They were, there were uses for them. Um, but they quickly became, uh, you know, something that was cool, seen as cool, because you have to imagine that SEAL Team 6 um, in the world of military, for, for all the other servicemen and women who are on the battlefield, members of SEAL Team 6, members of Delta, the Tier 1 unit, the best of the best, they are the cool guys. They're the ones that everyone looks up to and emulates. And so um, these hatchets started showing up um, in Iraq and Afghanistan. And some of the, the SEALs who, you, who wore them um, as part of their Native American moniker and heritage within uh, SEAL Team 6 um, were using them on, on dead bodies. And, um, and it was th that sort of so there's sort of like a, a knowingness as you go out in the world now and you see how the image of the tomahawk and the you know symbol the, the symbolism of the tomahawk um, spreads and you know a lot of what Code of Our Country is about is is the book is really about a culture um, at SEAL Team Six that goes back to its its origins and its beginnings um, that had a you know on the one hand the, the unit is is necessary and it's very good and you know they they are um, the men that uh, the president calls on for very specialized and you know emergency situations all over the world, um, but they also have this problem um, historically, uh, morally, and ethically. And it is that's how you see it. It's you know these men live on a, a knife's edge, if you will. And if you're not careful, they go over the line. And you know having hatchets. Um, or tomahawks on the battlefield was sort of the sign for a lot of people inside the community, you know, that, what, hey, what are we doing here? What do we need these for? And how are they, how are they being used? And um, in many cases, they were being used to desecrate bodies. Um, and so that's, you know, 
it, it, it's still a problem and it, and it's, it has not been addressed. And one of the reasons why the book was necessary was because the Navy and uh, the larger SEAL community simply has not wrestled with or uh, addressed any of the problems that occurred over 20 years. And so um, there's a scandal brewing now uh, with, with um, SEAL training in Coronado, but, and it's, it's all part of the same problem. It's a failure of leadership. And so, you know, unfortunately, what you can find in the book um, is a sort of blueprint of um, failed leadership and what happens in an, in an organization, whether it's corporate, but in this case, it's military, of um, a refusal to take on these problems. And some of it, you know, I, I've had SEALs who've said to me, um, look, what we have right now is we've, we, we're missing our soul. We do not have enough belief, and, and, and in, whether it's religious or just uh, moral, there is a, a gaping hole um, inside the organization um, that is missing, and that's what allows these things to happen. Mr. Uh, Mr. Cole, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, when it comes to your sources, um, you know, obviously there's, uh, like you mentioned before, before the break, um, a lot of the veterans come back, and they, they come back with a lot of, of, of wounds, uh, stuff that, that hardly ever gets healed, and it shows itself in its family, in their families, and in their communities as well. And um, I'm just wondering, you know, your sources that came forward with these stories, was it a crisis of conscience for them, or a conscience for them, or, or um, what, was, what was the motivation to, to bring out this, this story that's taking place in the SEAL community? That, uh, it's a very good question. Um, in a lot of cases, you know, it, it's no one thing for, for each person. Um, what I would say is, is that overall, these were um, members of SEAL Team 6, senior leaders at SEAL Team 6 and the SEAL community who had tried to correct these problems as they were happening, as they were seeing them at the time, and were met with resistance um, by their superiors. Mm. And so over time, what they, you know, I, I have a source and I have to be very careful about, you know, unfortunately in this kind of work, you really can't have any information about your sources um, because you can't expose them. Um, and I wish that I could write, you know, even anonymously to describe um, who my sources were and what their experiences were because it tells a story. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there, I'll put it to you this way, there were people at SEAL Team 6 who had spent 25, 30 years in the SEAL teams who quit, who, who retired early because they could not get SEAL Team 6 to fix this problem, to stop war crimes. And because they understood that for the younger guys who were doing this stuff, there was going to be a lifetime of, of pain that was coming outside of the normal difficulties that come with being a tier one operator. Um, and so what, what they were upset about was that these senior officers were not doing their, you know, they were failing in their most basic job to protect their own men for what is going to come after their time in the military. And so, you know, a lot of the motivation, honestly, was, you know, we are ruining our own guys. They called it a meat grinder. You know, so we send our guys out for, you know, one of the things that, that um, I hope your audience um, really uh, takes home is that members of SEAL Team 6 and Delta Force during the wars, during the 20 years of post 9-11 wars, saw more military action and deployment to war than any other unit in the history of the country, mm -hmm. period. 
It is simply an unprecedented amount of war. Um, and, and because they're not fighter pilots, because they're not tank uh, drivers, the, the war that they experienced was very up close and personal. The proximity to the violence that they were involved with was very close. And so we're talking about a group of 300 men, two to 300 men in each of those two units, um, that conducted more war in America's name than any other soldier, sailor in U.S. history. And so if you think about it in those terms, what happens um, during those 20 years um, is, has a, uh, you know, it's a, it, it has like a magnifying effect. It's exponentially um, harder for them in the, in the years afterwards. And they choose that service. That's what they, you know, they, they fight um, to achieve, achieve a dream to be, to become members of, of SEAL Team 6. But that doesn't make the responsibility for those who, who um, lead them any less um, significant. It makes it more. And, and so the sources um, that I had uh, wanted to see some changes at SEAL Team 6 wow. and uh, help these men. Matthew Cole, thank you for your time today. I'm looking forward to reading this book. The conversation around it has been very intriguing and uh, gut-wrenching, to say the least. I mean, let, it, let, me, let me just tell you, from the Catholic perspective, if you allow darkness to fester, bad things happen. Time to shed a light, even, the, even in uh, the SEAL community here. Get it code over country. Find it online. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time has another hour. Join us online if you can. Until then, thank you, Matthew. Christianity rises or falls with Jesus. If Jesus is just a myth, then Christianity's false. It's that simple. So, is Jesus just a myth? The answer is no. Apart from the four Gospels and Paul's epistles, which skeptics unfairly reject, we have non-Christian sources that affirm Jesus existed. For example, the first century Jewish historian Josephus in his work, Antiquities of the Jews, names Jesus, describes him as a doer of startling deeds, and affirms his crucifixion under Pontius Pilate. Cornelius Tacitus, a Roman historian of the first century, in his work Annals, refers to a group of people called Christians and describes the founder of their name as, quote, Christus, who was put to death by Pontius Pilate, procurator of Judea in the reign of Tiberius, close quote. So, was Jesus a real historical person? You better believe it. I'm Corlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Hey, Donnie, what are the mysteries that we pray on the rosary? Glorious, ominous, joyful, and sorrowful. There you go. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic view of marriage may be an ideal, but it cannot be a reality? Well, G.K. Chesterton says, it is an ideal in a diseased society, it is a reality in a healthy society. For where it is real, it makes society healthy. 
We know we cannot make a perfectly healthy society because while we believe in marriage and the church, we also believe in something called the fall of man, which also has an effect on society. But the point is that we believe not just in an ideal, but in something practical. Practical in the sense that we want to make something. We want to create Christian families as opposed to those who are always ready to destroy the family, who give up on the ideal. Hi there, Chris Thornhill here from St. Rose of Lima, and you're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's so good to be on with you. Praise be to God. St. Gregory the Great said, quote, The dead also bury the dead when sinners protect sinners. They who exalt sinners with their praises hide the dead under a pile of words. Close quote, St. Gregory the Great. Pray. For us, Let light shine into the darkness. It's always the best option. Truth will set you free. And uh, praise be to God for that. It's going to be a great hour this hour. We just wrapped up a conversation with Matthew Cole. He is a, an author. So if you missed that conversation, you should check out the podcast, which you can find linked up on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. But let me just warn you, um, his book, Code Over Country, is gritty. I mean, it's super gritty. Uh <laughs> The crimes, we'd only, we only vaguely talked about the crimes that had been committed amongst a few, not a many, not a lot, not the majority, but a few, a small little virus within the community of SEAL Team 6 and the SEAL, uh, SEALs in general. And um, it's an eye-opener. It's an eye-opener of the difficulties that we ask people to go do very difficult and dirty jobs. And we... Um, we make them operate at a level that's never seen before in the history of our country, you know, and the, the, the weight, the cost of that from a psychological, emotional, spiritual, physical um, is pretty high at any rate. So Code Over Country is the book. Check out the podcast. But I'll also say, you know, if you, if you listen on iTunes, just so you know, I'm, I'm, I'm contractually obligated to tell you this. You are required to leave us a five-star review. Um, so there's that. There's that. I've done my duty. Why are you laughing or at else. me? <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? Or else. I've done my duty. Uh, you Don't have ask or else to what. leave a five-star review. What's that? Don't ask or else what. <laughs> Don't ask or else what, yeah. Just, let, just know it's or else. Yeah, praise be to God. Hey, Paul Kingor is supposed to be our guest coming up in uh, a couple of minutes here. We're going to have a conversation, continue our conversation. We had a wonderful talk with Brent Haynes. In the last hour uh, about the Roe v. Wade, and I'm very curious, what were you doing at the time the historic decision was breaking in the news? Roe v. Wade overturned. I mean, think about the decades of blood, sweat, and tears from so many pro-lifers, you know, protesting, sidewalk counseling, making presence known, the lobbying, and all the rest. Decades of of hard-earned work. Uh, to get to this point so that we can begin the fight, uh, what were you doing at the time? What, what were you Oof. doing, Rudy? 
Well, uh, we just had wrapped up the show, and uh, all of a sudden, our our, our CDT insider uh, Damon, mm-hmm. yeah, he uh, posted, yeah, he broke the news <laughs> to everybody on our our exclusive CDT insider chat. I said, "What? This is crazy! Source, give me a source." And he posts directly from the Supreme Court website, and I said, "All right, it's over. It's, it's done. over." <laughs> well, it's actually just beginning. But, but uh, you know, Matt Walsh, uh, who we were supposed to, we were supposed to have on the show. He, he's uh, he stood us up twice now. No, three times. Three times. Now. Yeah. So he's dead to us. Uh, <laughs> but but we'll he brought up. Anyway. Uh, we'll ask again, I guess. Uh, we we're gluttons for punishment. <laughs> we but, are. Uh, he brought up a good point. You know, that day is something that's going to go down in the history books. Yeah. For, for the rest of time, it's the day that uh, we should all celebrate uh, as a decisive win for the pro-life movement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you going to, you know, someone was telling me they were going to, oh, my friend Jesus uh, out in California. I got to hang out with two guys that I had gone to retreat with when I was in California. Uh, and uh, he was saying he was going to go buy a newspaper with the headline. Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. You know, I did that What's post... newspaper? <laughs> <laughs> they still make those? <laughs> I did that with uh, post-9-11. When 9-11 struck, I, like, kept every newspaper for, like, two, three months. I still have them in my garage. Speaking of newspapers, you want to get your windows really clean? Don't use a rag. Use newspapers. That's a little pro-life tip right there. How do you clean windows off your... Like, you just go right-click it and then hit clean. And then it just cleans it up for you. Yeah, with a newspaper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with a newspaper. I haven't seen that technique done in Anybody a while. Anybody using time. Windows 11? <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, actually, not, not very good. Funny you should mention that because I, like I was Windows speaking 11. at a Catholic IT conference. So, Dossison, Catholic IP, IT people, parish IT people from all over the country. And Windows 11 was one of the conversations. Yeah. Bad? Uh, bottom line, don't use it. Really? Yeah. I'm using it right now, and it doesn't mm. seem like it's that bad. I see. They said they did say that if someone says it's not that bad, then you know a lot of information about that person. Oh. It explains some things. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, hmm. <laughs> hmm. Uh, at any rate, praise be to God, uh, there is a lot to talk about today in this hour. Hopefully you can join us for all or part of it. By the way, coming up at 15 past the hour... Uh, we would love to have you on to play the game show, Fear and Trembling. We have new prizes at stake this week. Uh, any hints on the prize there, Rudy? Well, uh, look, I can tell you that there's been some scientific research uh, being done on this particular prize. Uh, it's it's on that level. I just want to say this is a very, very big deal this week because we're giving away something that is scientifically proven, 45% in fact, 45% improves improves rather 45% of your your coffee uh, experience and you might be wondering well, what is it is it coffee or what are we what are we giving away we're giving away a CDT mug and it's going to taste really great because it's actually going to be autographed by the whole team. And, uh, well, you can choose to drink out of it or uh, you can put it up on your shelf. So that's well, what we got this week. All right. That's coming up at 15 past <laughs> the hour. So stick around for that. Praise be to God. Joining us right now, uh, Dr. Paul Kengore, poli professor, Grove City College. Good morning to you. Hey, Joe. How are you? Praise be to God. I am alive and that counts and I'm grateful for it. Now, I'm asking everybody this morning, what were you doing when the historic news broke about Roe v. Wade? 
Well, I was um, I was writing, working on a book, which is frankly what I'm usually doing. <laughs> <laughs> and and my uh, and my my daughter, uh, who's home for college, yelled from upstairs that that the decision had been made. My wife was in the other room, and and she was on the computer as well. And then she checked, and then I checked, and. Then I went over and I turned on the TV to, to, I turned on, I think it was Fox. And I was, um, I, I, well, I guess I was not surprised, Joe, right? Because, because of the whole leaked opinion a few weeks ago. But, um, I was telling my kids yesterday that, uh, you know, I, I was kind of surprised by my reaction, at least on Friday and Saturday. I, it was kind of subdued. And, you know, as, as somebody who's been fighting pro-life battles all my life, you know, I probably should have been jubilant, right? Jumping right. up and down. But yeah. It, yeah, but it took a little bit of time for it to sink in. Right. And yeah, and, and, and also too, I yeah, and I wrote a piece on this for American Spectator over the weekend and it's called um Thanking Trump and, and what and what reversing Roe means. And the latter part of that, as I pointed out, this is not an end to an abortion in this country and you know women are still going to be able to get abortions especially in what, what we're now going to call the abortion states and that would be california new york governor kathy hochul in new york a, a lifelong catholic just like gavin newsom in california lifelong catholic and they promised to make their state's destination centers to come get abortions and and kathy hochul has even said Come to New York. Lady Liberty welcomes you with open arms. We will, you know, women of Texas, come to New York. We will help pay your way to get here. Um, you know, they're going to roll out the red carpet. So if you if you live in those states, get ready for your uh, for your tax dollars to pay for women all over America to come to your state to get abortions. And and as they also regretted in in that article. Roe v. Wade, almost 50 years long, 49 years, gave the the pro-choicers and the pro-abortion people this long, protracted hump that they need to get to the point where we are now, which is going to be chemical, uh, do-it-yourself abortions, abortion pills. So, uh, you know, the, the the women that are rioting in the streets right now, they ought to be happy. I, I mean, they they got almost 50 years of abortion clinics, you know, doors thrown open wide in every state, over 60 million abortions, and they got to the point where now they don't really even need those clinics. They're going to be able to do it at home. So they really shouldn't be raging. They ought to be celebrating. But, um, but being that they are people of rage, raging over this awful sin of Roe v. Wade, I guess they can't help but rage. Mm. But um, yeah, I find it very bittersweet because, you know, this um, – horrifically written decision by Harry Blackman on a constitutional right to abortion. It was completely fabricated, invented. Of course, the word abortion isn't in the Constitution. And here's a surprise for people. Neither is the word privacy. All right. That's not that's not in, the, in there either. Um, the word life is mentioned in the Constitution three times. They just made all of this stuff up. It's one of the worst, most evil decisions ever. And it's um, it's just such a sad thing mm. that this went on for so long. You know, what's interesting is talk about stuff that's not in the Constitution. Well, this has caused Justice Clarence Thomas to to question whether or not they need to go back and reevaluate other decisions, decisions related to contraception, decisions related to, quote unquote, gay marriage. What say you about that, Paul Kangor? 
Well, well, it, yeah, and most of those things aren't in the Constitution either. And you know, the, whole, the whole Obergefell decision, um, you know, you know, once again, you you had you had every single state had laws on on marriage, and then here comes Anthony Kennedy, a, a Reagan appointee, and in one fell swoop, you know, they you know, they nationalize <laughs> marriage law and wipe off the books. Uh, 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 marriage laws in all 50 states, which was the exact same thing that happened on, on, on the abortion decision in 1972 or 1973. So it, it, they they can't do this, but this this is what they do. And 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 then you know, once the court gives them this quote unquote right that's just invented, and then later jurists come along and say, well, look, I'm sorry, but like we told you at the time, it's not in the Constitution. Then they lose their minds. Right. It, it's it, it's so so really you know, liberals progressives they're suckered they're set up for these grand failures by by jurists who make up rights that aren't there now on the on the marriage issue I could tell um, you know same sex marriage people right now um, even if the court were to strike down Obergefell and I think I don't think they will but you know don't worry you're probably going to get same sex marriage in all fifty states mm. I mean I mean the polling the polling numbers on this right now are unbelievable right right I, I, I mean when when Obergefell came in in 2015 I don't know if a single state had yet allowed same-sex marriage even california had rejected it but you know but by like say 2025 i mean I, the numbers now on americans supporting same-sex marriage it's like 75 percent which is you know, parents are taking their kids to gay pride events yeah. the boy Gross. scouts are carrying pride flags in right. seattle right you know t- taking yeah. their kids to drag queen story hour don't worry you guys got this one yeah uh, exactly right? so take that back to the states but you know they'll probably all pass that one which, rem- which so, but, reminds me of your article over the spectator that you put out just recently on uh the gay f- uh pride flags and uh contrasting that to what you were seeing in rural Pennsylvania and to me it uh, of a uh, veterans people who had served our country so you're not seeing the the rainbow flag you're seeing these veterans everywhere and i thought that was great and it just i think it speaks to the issue that america seems to be fighting for its soul uh how would you characterize it Oh yeah, no question about it. And I would say that uh, you know America's soul has been been corroded, deeply infected. And 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 I'll, I'll add this too, Joe, that the w- one of the kind of reasons for my sort of bittersweet feeling after the whole reverse reversal last week, the country and culture is already toast. I mean, it's just already gone. It, it, it's. And, you know, as a Catholic, I'm supposed to have faith, hope, and charity, right? <laughs> G.K. Chesterton said that hope is about having hope when things seem hopeless. But the culture is completely the hell in a handbasket. Well, you know, let's, let's just be blunt about that. And, uh, you know, my, my prayer has been for, you know, the, you know, the, for Jesus to come back. Right? I feel like America has hit a point where it's completely gone. And, you know, I lost faith in the people of this country. And about 10 or 15 years ago and and you know i've just been telling people you know pray you know, look to the church jesus i trust in you take care of your family take care of your parishes the people around you i mean the country that you knew is completely gone so now in in a lot of sort of the more conservative rural areas you're going to see yeah more military flags than pride flags but um but overall so much of the country is is just completely gone anyway 
and uh, the soul of America is is not very healthy. It's not it's not a well formed conscience. We'll put it that way. Yeah, for sure. Well, we're down to it now, Dr. Paul Ken Gore. Thank you for your time today, jumping on uh, the show. We'd like to have you back soon. I know you've got books in the works, so we're looking forward to those conversations as well. Uh, as well. But uh, God bless you. God love you, and have a great day. All right. Take care. Praise be to God. It's time to go to a break and come back and play our game show Fear and Trembling with prizes at stake and you could win. All you need to do is be our caller. Call right now, 877-757-9424. First caller gets to be the contestant at 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Got the drive time and Fear and Trembling is up next. St. Benedict warns us to keep death daily before our eyes. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. At first hearing, this can sound really depressing. A grim recipe for a sad life. But let's think about that again. Do you know anyone who's not going to die? St. Benedict is simply reminding us that death is just a part of life. It is the last opportunity we will have to accept God's will for us. And he wants us to be ready for it. Keeping death daily before our eyes puts all the other parts of life in the right perspective and helps us give them their proper value. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com, O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com. For St. Benedict, death is something good to keep in mind as the final fulfillment in our life of that love of God which cast out fear. Now that's not such a sad way to live, is it? Are you aware that the devil has a plan for your marriage just as God does? He has no desire for the success of your marriage. He doesn't want the two of you to help each other get to heaven. But instead, he instigates each of you to lead the other straight to hell through self-centeredness, materialism, and apathy. Jeremiah gives us God's plan, saying, For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. You have a choice of whose plan you will follow. One brings misery, pain, and eternal damnation. The other, well, it's called the sacrament of matrimony, and it comes with a golden treasure chest full of grace. Call on the grace of your sacrament. It's all you need to have a future of hope in this life and in the next. This has been a minute for your marriage and family from the Three Hearts Institute. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Parlor. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling, (laughs) the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot, 877-757-9424. And now, your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, a Catholic trivia game show where we need a caller on the line to play. And that phone number is 877-757-9424. Call right now. Be our first caller. Get to be the contestant and possibly win this week's prize pack at 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877-757-9424. Call right now. Uh, Adrian Fonseca standing by. 
to take your call at 877-757-9424. But there are, as I say, there are secrets and there are agendas. And I ask that you don't tell anybody what I'm about to share with you, especially Project Veritas. I don't need them diamond me out. You know what I'm saying? But um, number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something that you did not know before. Praise be to God. That's always a great thing. And then, of course, uh, we like to have a laugh. We like to have a good time. And our callers are actually certifiably the best. Praise be to Jesus. So we enjoy that most. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which makes this pretty much a winner for everybody involved. But if you're new here, let me just explain. I have three Catholic trivia questions sitting in front of me. The kicker is we don't ask the caller the questions. So they don't even need to know. All right, they could not know a single correct answer, but could still win the game. And that's because I will ask Adrian and I will ask Rudy. One of them will give us a correct answer. The other will give us an incorrect answer. The caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And every correct answer will go into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise be to God. Here's a headline for you, and it's from the World Health Association organization. Rather, They say, breaking news, coffee cup of divine providence replica makes coffee taste better. A recent scientific analysis said that drinks taste 45% better in an autographed CDT mug. Now, if you're watching us on our YouTube stream or wherever we're streaming right now, you can see the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence. This is the actual Coffee Cup of Divine Providence. But we have some replicas, and today, or rather this week, we're going to be giving one away. So the winner is going to get one and some other goodies. And uh, let me tell you, your coffee is going to taste better when you take a sip. From your trusty CDT mug. Mmm. I can just taste it now. Yummy. <laughs> uh, I meant the coffee cup in particular. Oh. Co- Catholic drive time. Coffee cup. Hmm. But the coffee, I'm sure it's great too. Yeah. Praise be to God. <laughs> All right. Uh, time to play our game. Time to go to the phones. We're grateful to everybody who did, in fact, call in this morning. If you don't make it on, try, try again tomorrow. Uh, first caller always gets to be the contestant. Praise God. All right. Uh, Let's see here. Master Baker. Is that you? Good morning to you. Yes. Good morning. Our friend Master Baker from uh, the great Tony's in Midland, Texas, uh, making fresh bakery products uh, for their customers every single day. Uh, but truth in advertising here, we have never actually tasted them, you know. So <laughs> those samples that Adrian was supposedly received uh, never quite made it to the studio. Um, so there's that. But how are you, sir? Doing well. How are y'all? Praise be to God. It's good to hear your voice. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Now, tell us real quick. So, Tony's in Midland, Texas. Where is it located? It's 1108 North Big Spring. It's uh, probably the the main pipeline between, uh, you know, or going up to Lubbock or coming down from Lubbock, uh, going south. So, um, we're we've been here for 28 years. Wow. Uh, my, yeah. It's a long story. My dad, uh, when he came to the United States, was a pharmacist, chemical pharmacist. Yeah. Um, taking a lot of odd jobs, recently married. One of those odd jobs was at a German bakery. Fell in love with it. Wow. So. What, real quick, what is your what is your fan favorite? Like, what your customers want this more than want anything else on your menu? What would that be? That would be our, our Tony sandwiches, which are the big sandwiches. that Everything is baked inside, and we slice it eight by two. So wow. you get 16 little finger sandwiches out of it. Hey, now. Ooh. And, uh, and the pumpkin yummy. chocolate chips. Sounds yummy. Oh, man. Wow. All right. 
Now I'm hungry. Thanks for that, Master Baker. I appreciate that. All right. You're an insider now. Uh, you're, you're always hanging out with us on the YouTube chat, so you know this deal. Praise be to God. You know how the game is played, and you also know that I am on your side. It's me and you. Yes, sir. Are you ready to go? I'm ready. We will start with Rudy, as is our custom. Team Rudy, good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, Master Baker should know that, that Rudy is not wearing a tie today. Hmm. Interpret that however you wish. Yeah, All no right. tie. What, that what, is, that, what does that mean? Well, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> but uh, good morning, Ru Rudy. Are good you ready? Good morning. I am ready. Can you tell me which angel appeared to Zechariah to announce the birth of John the Baptist? Zechariah, John the Baptist. So, well, that's going to be the archangel, Gabriel. Really? Yeah. Okay. He came and he said, uh, you know, mm -hmm. nothing's impossible for God. Praise be to God. I like that. Uh, Adrian, good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. Can you tell me... Probably. ...which angel appeared to Zechariah to announce the birth of John the Baptist? The archangel who appeared to Zechariah, not the yeah. Blessed Virgin. Right. Right? Correct. Okay, so the angel Gabriel appeared mm -hmm. to the Blessed Virgin. Really? Yes, oh, that's wow. true. That's a fact. Okay. Right there in Luke. And, but the angel who appeared to Zechariah yeah. was actually the archangel Uriel. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uriel. People forget about him. I guess so. Mm -hmm. Huh. How did, how did they forget about him? I wonder. I don't know. Kind of messed up, mm. to be honest. Okay. All right. Uh-huh. All right, uh, Master Baker. Uh, the question is, which angel appeared to Zechariah to announce the birth of John the Baptist? Was it as Adrian seems to think, Uriel? Or was it as Rudy suggests, Gabriel? 15 seconds on the clock. Who was right? Who was wrong? Master Baker of Midland, Texas. What say you? Well, since Uriel is never actually mentioned in the Bible, I'm going to go with Gabriel, so Rudy. Oh, nice. What? Wow. wow. Is there a correlation between Rudy not wearing a tie and Adrian wearing a tie? Hmm. <laughs> There's the question. But in fact, you're right. Gabriel was the archangel who uh, appeared to both Zechariah and to Our Lady. And by the way, also appeared to the prophet Daniel at the same time of day as he appeared to the other two. And so take that for awesomeness in the Bible. All right, second question. Praise be to God you're in, but I think we're going to get you in there for two on this next one. We're going to go to Adrian first. Adrian? Uh-oh. That's dangerous. Yeah, I got that memo as well. Uh, but nonetheless, we proceed with caution. Adrian, can you tell me the sign of the cross represents what two important mysteries mm. of the Christian religion? Yes. Yes, very, very important. The sign of the cross, one of the oldest prayers and sacramentals of the church. And it symbolizes two things. One is the Holy Trinity, you know, okay. invoking mm -hmm. the name of the Father and of the yeah. Son and of the Holy Ghost. Awesome. And it also invokes the redemption because, Ooh. you know, our Lord died on a cross. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I can see it. All right. So Trinity and redemption, you say. Very true. Uh, Rudy, true. Rudy, can you tell me the sign of the cross represents what two important mysteries of the Christian religion, sir? Uh, yes, those would be superstition, first and foremost. So really? you cross what? yourself whenever you feel the heebie-jeebies. Oh, I yep. see. Okay. And mm -hmm. uh, luck, because when you do that, you actually drive away all of the bad energy around you. Yeah, like, I heard it boosts your luck stats. It does, yeah. Oh, I, is that why NFL players do that when they... Score a touchdown, or yeah, and then they look up or they like, point up to the sky. They point up to the sky. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. 
Well, uh, let's see here, Master Baker. Is the sign of the cross uh, a representative of the Trinity and redemption, as Adrian suggests? Or is it uh, to ward off the heebie-jeebies and superstition and luck, as Rudy is thinking? 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Master Baker, Tony's Restaurant Midland. What say you? It's going to be Adrian this time. You, you just had to. I'm like, you, you had no choice. It's not your fault. <laughs> Don't feel bad that you had to choose Adrian, okay? I mean, it's just, it's just the way it happened, right? So, You're welcome. <laughs> in fact, the Trinity and Redemption is is the correct answer, although the heebie-jeebies getting to say that today, I mean, that was fun. It's a fun word to say. Heebie-jeebies. Heebie-jeebies. The heebie-jeebies. Well done. You're in for two. Let's go for third here. Uh, let's go back to Rudy. Rudy, is mildness one of the fruits of the Holy Ghost? <laughs> mildness? No, of course not. You have to be very harsh in your rebuke of pagans and non-believers. I dare really? say you should punch them in the face. Where Whoa. That you should rough them up. What? Yeah. What are you talking that about? That was divinely uh, was revealed it? to me. Yeah. Oh. Divinely revealed. Revealed to you. Yeah. It was so, a, a private revelation, so take, take, it, take it if you will. I don't I know. See. I see. Huh. If you oh, want to. Okay. Know. Well, let's uh, see what uh, the Thomist has to say. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me, is mildness one of the fruits of the Holy Ghost? Is mildness one of the fruits of the Holy Ghost? Yes, I would say definitely. It might also be considered gentleness is another another translation. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Well, Master Baker, you've got choices. Uh, is Adrian right, who says, yes, mildness is one of the fruits of the Holy Ghost? Or is Rudy right, who seems to suggest that maybe St. Nicholas, who punched Darius, is correct, and that it's not 15 seconds, who's right, who's wrong? Master Baker, what say you? i got to go with the youngster again, Adrian. Congratulations. Well done. Well played. In fact, it is. Mildness is a fruit of the Holy Ghost. God bless you, Master Baker. Thank you for for Tony's 28 years in Midland, Texas. Thanks for being a part of Catholic Drive Time today. Thank you. God bless. All right. We're going to put you on hold. That's going to do it for the radio side. If you can join us in the after show, we'd love to get your thoughts and what you were doing when Roe v. Wade was established, or kicked back, rather. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Cyril of Alexandria. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. 
Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the morning our song shall rise to Thee. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to, to Almighty God. God and you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary of a Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, Kyrie eleison, let us pray. O God, who made the bishop St. Cyril of Alexandria, an invincible champion of the Divine Motherhood of the Most Blessed Virgin Mary, Grant, we pray, that we who believe she is truly the Mother of God may be saved through the incarnation of Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Amos. Thus says the Lord, for three crimes of Israel and for four, I will not revoke my word, because they sell the just man for silver and the poor man for a pair of sandals. They trample the heads of the weak into the dust of the earth and force the lowly out of the way. Son and father go to the same prostitute, profaning my holy name. Upon garments taken in pledge, they recline beside any altar and the wine of those who have been fined, they drink in the house of their God. Yet it was I who destroyed the Amorites before them, who were as tall as the cedars and as strong as the oak trees. I destroyed their fruit above and their roots beneath. It was I who brought you up from the land of Egypt and who led you through the desert for 40 years to occupy the land of the Amorites. Beware, I will crush you into the ground as a wagon crushes when laden with sheaves. Flight shall perish from the swift, and the strong man shall not retain his strength. The warrior shall not save his life, nor the bowman stand his ground. Perish from the swift, and the strong man shall not retain his strength. The warrior shall not save his life, nor the bowman stand his ground. Think of God. Remember, Remember this, you who never think of God, 
Why do you recite my statutes and profess my covenant with your mouth, though you hate discipline and cast my words behind you? Remember this, you who never think of God. When you see a thief, you keep pace with him. cast my words behind you. Remember this, you who never think of God. When you see a The mystery of faith. May he make of us an eternal offering to you, so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, 
with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, with Saint Cyril, with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. situation. There's something like 81% of all Catholics in America don't believe in the true presence. The divine Savior is truly present in his church, and many American Catholics are dissenting against teachings, for example, of abortion, that abortion at every stage from conception until full term is evil under any circumstance or uh, the contraception or uh, same-sex unions, transgenderism, take it down the list. And you can't help but wonder the correlation that you don't embrace. If you don't embrace the full divinity of Jesus Christ, you will eventually uh, manifest that in your morality, that the mind and the heart influence one another. Therefore demands with the great champion of Saint Cyril of Alexandria, we ask him and in the intercession of the saints for us to do an examination of conscience to see is there anything that it, we are attached to or any kind of uh, sins or, or anything else that keeps us from the full doctrine of Christ. If there is, there's a need to go to confession, to pray and also, besides this, there's a, there's a vocation, and I would invite you, any of you who are listening, to consider the vocation to become someone who does prayer and penance for the church. It is greatly needed that the church, by the prayer and penance of the faithful ones, would find purification, would find intercession and conversion for those that are caught in uh, sin, caught in error, that the church would be free of these things and we could proclaim the gospel in its fullness with all its rigor and all its vigor in season and out of season. May the Theotokos, the Holy Mother of God, pray for us that we may have this spirit of prayer and intercession, that we may first examine ourselves and be made holy in God's sight. We bring our petitions to the Lord. We pray for the whole church, that it may shine forth the holiness of God. For this we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our Holy Father, all bishops and priests, that they may be holy as God is holy. For this we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our government leaders. We pray for an end to abortion, same-sex unions, gender confusion, and human trafficking. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for the sick, the suffering, the poor, that we may respond to Jesus in his distressing disguise. For these we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And we pray for all of our beloved dead. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask you to hear us, for make these and all our petitions in the holy name of Jesus Christ, and through the powerful intercession of our blessed Mother Mary's, we pray together. Hail Mary, full, full of, of grace, grace, the Lord, the Lord is, is with thee. Blessed, blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Love.
of divine, all loves excelling, joy of heaven to her earth come down. Fix in us thy humble dwelling, all thy faithful mercies crown. Jesus, thou art all compassion, pure, unbounded love thou art. Visit us with thy salvation, enter every trembling heart. Come, Almighty, to deliver, let us all thy grace receive. Suddenly return and never, never more thy temples leave. Thee we would be always blessing, serve thee as thy hosts above. Pray and praise Thee without ceasing, glory in Thy perfect love. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. May the sacrifice which we gladly present on the feast day of St. Cyril be pleasing to you, O God, for taught by him we too give ourselves entirely to you in praise, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere, to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For as on the festival of St. Cyril of Alexandria you bid your church rejoice, so too you strengthen her by the example of his holy life, teach her by his words of preaching, and keep her safe in answer to his prayers. And so with the company of angels and saints, we sing the hymn of your praise, as without end we acclaim. Song to whose, song to whose, song to Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Pleni sunt celi et terra, Gloria tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, Qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy. You never cease to gather people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you, by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, 
and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray upon the oblation of your church, and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself, grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son, and filled with his Holy Spirit, may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you, so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, with Saint Cyril of Alexandria, and with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth, with your servant Francis our Pope, Michael our Bishop, the Order of Bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family, whom you summon before you in your compassion, O merciful Father. Gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who are pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory, through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Recepte salutare vos moniti, et divin institutioni formati, parehimus dicere. Pater noster, quies in celis, sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra. Panem nostrum quotidianum, tan hobis hodie, et imite nobis debita nostra, 
Sicut et nos dimitimus, debitoribus nostris, et nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos abhalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity, in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatam hundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatam hundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, Qui tolis peccatam undi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. Behold a faithful and prudent steward, to give them their allowance of food at the proper time. Act of Spiritual Communion My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. All else be not to me save that thou art. Thou my best thought, by day or by night, waking or sleeping, thy presence my light. Be thou my wisdom, and thou my true word. I ever with thee, and thou with me, Lord. Thou my great Father, thine own may I be. 
Thou in me dwelling, and I one with Thee. High King of heaven, when victory is won, May I reach heaven's joys, bright heaven's sun. Heart of my heart, whatever befall, still be my vision, O ruler of all. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. All else be not to me, save that thou art. Thou my best art, by day or by night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence my light. Be thou my wisdom, and thou my true word. I ever with thee, and thou with me, Lord. Thou my great Father, thine own may I be. Thou in me dwelling, and I one with thee. High King of heaven, when victory is won, may I reach heaven's joys, bright heaven's sun. Heart of my heart, whatever befall, still be my vision, O ruler of all. Let us pray. Through Christ the Teacher, O Lord, instruct those you feed with Christ the living bread, that on the feast day of St. Cyril of Alexandria they may learn your truth and express it in works of charity. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in the peace of Christ. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity, Most Holy, Immaculate Virgin Mary, You are the Mother of God Himself. You are the Queen of all creation. You are the keeper of heaven's treasure. You are our help and protection. Grant us your intercession and may your favor never fail us. Our Lady, of the Most Holy Trinity. The Prayer to St. Michael 
Saint Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion, we implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality, we implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship, we implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult, we implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. All Catholic, all the time. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your Hi, I'm Emily Garcia from St. Rose of Lima Catholic Community. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.